Welcome everybody, hope you're all well. Welcome back to Lee Judges TV. Lee's not with us because of course, as you all know, he's over in uh, America having great, great fun. Uh, and it sounds like he really is having great, great fun, by the way. So I'm with you tonight. It's your host, Dan Potts, as always. And I'm with none other than Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell. How you doing, sir? Dan, I'm very good, thank you, mate. Hi, everybody. Listen, it's, uh, do you know what? It was a long night, but it was a happy night. I must say, I did watch the game and uh, I'm looking forward to this one, Dan. There ain't many times we could say we're looking forward to, to a podcast together. Man, it's, it's, do you know what? I must admit, I've watched this preseason and I've heard people go over the top. I've heard people say, don't go over the top. I've heard people say everything. But I must say, this has been in parts one of the most enjoyable in a long time preseason because what I've seen, Kev, from particularly the first 11 is really quite good. Unfortunately, and we'll get into it, and we've mentioned it offline, there's still a lot to do and there's still a lot of dead wood and there's still a lot of problems from the past that are looking to potentially bite us still if we can't get it right. So, of course, there's still a lot to do. I've never been one to get carried away, as you know, but there is some exciting players on show of late and I really have enjoyed watching it. But we are going to talk about Chelsea, but... I didn't watch it. I only saw the highlights. I was busy in that time in the morning. I wasn't about. I was uh, I was catching some Zs. So I didn't manage to stay up. But I know you said you watched it, mate. So talk to me just generally about the performance um, in general from not just Arsenal, but also your thoughts on Chelsea. Because as much as we look good, I thought Chelsea at times looked pretty poor. So um, what did you make of it, mate? Well, I think the, the, the most important part is I think everybody really knew this was going to be our biggest challenge so far. You know, playing up against a team like Chelsea. Chelsea still got world-class players in their in their team, um, and it was going to be a good gauge for us. Let's be honest. You know, Saliba and Jesus and all our players. You know, they still had had in, uh, quite a bit to prove, and this was the proving ground. I think we went about our business from the off first class. We're on the front foot, Dan and. We looked to press Chelsea high and we trapped Chelsea time after time at the top end of the pitch. Um, Chelsea are a good side. We know they can play between the lines, etc. Got some really good players. But I just thought we dominated them. We dominated mm. them. And um, look, you know, they're going to have their, their time. They've, they've got some quality players. But I, I just think we, we look hungry. We look really hungry. And... Um, mm. Seeing Saliba at the back, I've got to say, woof, he <laughs> he he looks he looks the part, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to cover that. Mm. But for me, it's at the top end of the pitch where Jesus he's given us another dimension. Dan, he has given us another mm. dimension. I know a lot of people probably wouldn't cover him as much, follow him as much. You know, when he was at City, you probably see highlights and stuff like that or a live game here and there. But he's showing he is a player. And he's an all-round player as well, Dan. He's not just a goal scorer. He mm -hmm. could bring people into the game. He could run channels. He could spin defenders. He could hold the ball up. You know, he, he can harass defenders left, right and centre. He's got great energy. And I just think he makes us so much better at the top end as an attacking force. Yeah, listen, we're going to touch on a few players that have impressed over preseason. I don't think you have to be Einstein to work out who they are. Um, two, in my opinion, that have come in now, and I know Saliba, I'm not counting Saliba as a new sign. I know people are saying he is because he was bought God knows how many years ago. But he's one of them. And of course, Gabriel Jesus. Let's start with Saliba because we've titled this one today, Saliba. We've spoken a little bit about Jesus before myself and Lee and some of the others. And we are going to come on to him too. But Kev, this is a defender, in my opinion, that I've watched in France now for a few years because obviously we signed him that long ago. I knew nothing about him at, as a youngster when we bought him. And the reason that I started watching him was because he was highly rated. And I thought, well, this kid must be good. So I started to watch him at St Etienne on loan, Nice on loan. And last season, I watched him more than ever at Marseille. And I thought, wow. But there's always the risk of, can he do what he's doing in France in England, right? So we'll get into a little bit of the debate about, you know, because a lot of people are saying that he should be in the team anyway and he should be here for a couple of years, etc. We'll get into that in a minute. But from what the early signs show, 
This guy looks like an absolute colossus, a monster, composed, distribution, fantastic. Looks to me as if he's settled in, not a new signing. Looks as if he's just waltzed in and has been there next to Gabriel for a while. I'm really impressed, mate. I can't lie, Kev. What do you make of this kid? Look, I, I think there's been a lot of talk, obviously, what's happened in the past with him going out on loan all this time. I think the loans have helped him, Dan. I really think they've helped him. I think the the Marseille loan was the important one last season, especially because he got to play in Europe. He got to play against the, the likes of Mbappe, Messi and, 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 and the, them guys and became a France international and won the young player of the year. Those things are all cement, Dan. They cement the confidence of the player. As, as we've heard, he was always going to come back to, to, to the Arsenal. Everybody, some people were asking questions. He may never come back. He was always going to come back to the Arsenal. But now you're seeing him come back as a fully-fledged first-team player, a fully-fledged international, somebody who, you know, we talk about, and I don't want to talk about him in a, in a, in a, in a term like a Van Dijk, Mm. But we talk about Rolls Royces. We talk. He's well. If, if Van Dyke's a Rolls Royce, I'm seeing a Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a Bentley right now because, and I know it's only preseason. And listen, we're going to find out. The only thing we could do is talk about what we see, the eye test. But Dan, I'm seeing Havertz get no change. I'm seeing Werner get no change. I'm seeing Batshuayi get no change. You know, these guys used to give us major problems. Mm. There was no change. Yeah, mate, I, I must admit, like, I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds silly, but I'm going to say it. When I saw him against MK Dons, when he first come at Arsenal, I thought, I can't judge him because it's MK Dons. It's the first time he's ever wore the shirt. But there was something about his style that I liked. Now, he wasn't outstanding on the pitch and it was I didn't take much from it. But when you see Chelsea players, that let's, let's have it right, that weren't Chelsea's third team, was it? You know what I mean? No. Sterling, Werner, Havertz, you know, these players that have come up against us last season and bullied us at the Emirates yeah. and made it difficult at Stamford Bridge, although we did get the result and it was a good one for us. I look at those players now and I think they didn't get a sniff. And I only saw what I saw. I didn't see the full game. But from what I'm hearing from others and yourself just now, he was mustered. And I think what I want to ask you is this, Kev. Where do you stand on the whole, what happens to Ben White now? Does he get ahead of Gabriel now? Because as far as I'm concerned, I love it, mate. We've got competition for the first time for places in what, let's be honest, is a very long time, KC. So where do you stand on that, mate? Listen... Now Arsenal are starting to get serious. That's For me, Ben White's got, got major issues because there's a player there who he's going to... He's uh, For me, I think he's going he's gonna to take to the Premier League like a duck to water now. He's played against some of the better players at Chelsea yesterday. I don't know it's pre-season, but he's seen them off. Yep. And, and, and he's seen them off really comfortably. I like the look of him and Gabriel together, that balance. Saliba's a right footer, Gabriel's a left. You know, you talk about sometimes coming in, he, 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 he might look a little bit distraught because he hasn't played with Gabriel properly. They looked effortless last night. It was effortless. And that's what you look for. Is there going to be any change? Obviously, Ben White was, was right back. He, he done well at right back. So, again... Whoever's playing, whoever gets an opportunity, you better stay in that team because if you mm. drop out of the team, you may not get another look in. Mm. Competition think, is everything. Yeah, you're absolutely bang on with that. And I think I'm quite confident that that position in, in, in kind of general, or in particular, should I say, is one that I'm confident of now. Let Rob Holding does what Rob Holding does. He's never going to set the world alight. He comes in and does a job sometimes and we go free at the back. I've never thought he was going to be a Sol Campbell or Tony Adams, but he does an okay job. At times, he makes mistakes, which is why I don't want him in there all the time. But the other three now, 
I think, can all defend. Now, I know Ben White, the jury's out with me, and people think I'm harsh for saying that. I don't think he's a bad player, though. I've never come on here and said he's shite or that he's terrible. I just think there's some one good game, then a bad game. And I think, come on, we need some consistency with you. But actually, what I'm looking at now is some competition for places. So I'm with you 100%, looking at there's a potential there for us to even, if we do think maybe against Liverpool or City, let's fuck, let's just chuck them all in. Let's have Tommy Asu and Tierney and go yeah, three go at the back. Three, uh, or three, five when we're defending, three when we're attacking. 100, 100. Yeah. And we've now got, actually... Uh, a, a, an option to do that now because we couldn't really we could do it but as I say with holding or sometimes with another player coming in of old it, we've always had a weaker uh, player in there speed, and I think now speed or something's lacking mate something's physical, lacking physical so, you know, something's always lacking I think and I, well, having, he's got I, both I, do you know what Dan <laughs> do you know what Dan I think having Saliba White and Gabriel mm. these two on the outside mm. Ben White's quick anyway but these two mm. on the outside have the physicality to run channels, have the physicality to deal with somebody putting the body on them. I think, mm -hmm. I think at times that might be a real good system for us. I think it could be. I mean, Liverpool and City and even Spurs, to be fair, because of the way they play, it could be we go there. Now, some people might think actually against Spurs, it might not work because they play if we're matching up. Sometimes it don't work out. But I think there's an option now for us to do that in other games and have the confidence to believe that the players at the back are good enough to do the job. And we're not just sticking someone in there like a Granite Chaka or even um, you know other players that we've seen in there in the past. We've actually got players that can suit that position now and style. So wouldn't surprise me if we saw that formation a few times throughout the season. It's been interesting for me, Casey, to see Mikel Arteta go to that three at the back in most of the friendly games so far in pre-season just to test it out. Even if it's for 25 minutes of a game or if it's for the last half hour, we're starting to see it in there. So that for me suggests that there's a potential for it to happen. But what I want to get to is this. There's always positives and negatives ways to look at everything in football, in my opinion. There's always one side thinks it's going great, one side thinks it's not. Or you get the ones in the middle that say, I'm not convinced, but you know I'm hoping to be. With Saliba... Does this look now like a genius move from Mikel Arteta and Edu in terms of keeping him away on loan? Or does it look foolish to think this guy was ready all along and we were forcing other players in there the last couple of seasons when he was there ready and waiting for us? So what? Well, where does this look? Where do you sit on that? I, I think I've, I've answered this question earlier on. I, I, for me, I think he really needed that, that season at Marseille last season to, to stamp his confidence, to stamp mm. that he, he could do it at a big club, he could do it under the pressure, he could play against the big players and then become a full French international. I think that's really important, Dan. And you know what? If he... I don't think he... Me personally, I don't think he was ready in those other seasons because it's easy to say he's ready, look, at you know, he's doing okay... Yeah, he done okay. But now he's more of a rounded player. Now he's he's earned that right to be the best young player in France, which which is a massive feat. French international and finishing where was it third in the league with with Marseille or whatever. That's huge. That is mm. really huge. So now to come back and to see him he just looks, he looks impressive. He looks confident. Dan, that's the, that's, that's the player we wanted all yeah. along. Now, I think there's been a lot of shots thrown at Mikel Arteta and Edu about this situation. So now he's come in. Look, it's better, better, better late than never, I suppose, for some, right? He's in. We need him signed on his new deal, Dan. We need him signed up four or five years. Mm. So we could really integrate him into this team and um, and get him moving. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm with you in... I'm a little bit like this because the way I see it is when we signed him, Casey, he wanted to, he requested to stay at St Etienne. So I had no problem with that at the time because I thought actually it might be quite good for the kid. He was 18 years old, I think, at the time. We signed him and it was one of those ones where you think, actually, if I look back now to some of the youngsters that Arsenal bought that probably needed a loan... 
at the club they probably were signed from, but we never did it. We tried to force them in. It didn't quite work out. I think we've had a few like that over the years and we can go back in, in quite a long time for that. So I was fine with that one. When he was brought back, I wanted to see him because of, we're hearing so much about him. Now, I was annoyed that he went back, but at the same time, mentally, I was being told by a lot of people that he wasn't ready because of what was happening with his family at home. Mm. Okay, so he lost his mom, and there was some other stuff going on with yeah. his family. Some so at the time, I thought, yeah, for, for anybody to deal with, it is horrendous when you lose a family member. So do you know what? I thought, stay in France then. Keep your head. Be around the people that love you. Be around your friends. Don't go out your comfort zone. I was cool with that. But it just seemed to be more of a frustration that he kept staying over there because I was so desperate to see him because of who was here at the moment. So at the time, we had Mustafi and Socrates and David Luiz, and I'm thinking, I don't want these guys. Yeah, yeah. There's one yeah. over there in France, apparently, who's better. So I was on that, on that fence. When I look back at it now, perhaps it was the right thing for him to do. But last season, I think, proved that although it was probably the best move for him in terms of Marseille playing him, loving him every game, he was forming a relationship, getting into the French national side, which is very hard to do, by the way, yeah. <laughs> like yes. with the players coming through, right? Maybe it has worked out in his favour and maybe I have been a bit harsh to say that, you know, it was the wrong move. The only reason I felt that it was justified at the time for me saying it was because of the people I was seeing ahead of him. Like I've just named them, right? When I had Ben White and Gabriel last season, they formed an OK partnership and leaking goals wasn't really our issue, in my opinion. My main issue, it happened, but it wasn't like every game we were leaking four or five like we were yeah. seeing under Wenger and Emery sometimes. So I feel like now it's time for him to, to come into this side now and this setup now. And I think that already, I mean, correct me if you've come wrong, but I think already the manager's proved that he thinks he's ready and he's liking him. I mean, in pre-season, he's starting most of these games and I think... From what I've seen, anyway, Kev, I think he could definitely get into this first eleven, don't you? One hundred percent. I think he's a, <laughs> I think he's a nail on for for Crystal Palace. If I'm honest with you, because mm. that game is going to be a physical game. That game is going to need calmness at the back. That game is going to need uh, somebody who can be smart, pass the ball decent from the back, and, and and deal with their physical threat, especially that side where Zaha is. Centre half might need to just be have a bit more legs and, and physicality to, to, to cover Zaha. Listen, I've seen, I've seen him start. I've seen him come off the bench and make a difference. Saliba, I, I just think he's our Bentley, mate. He's a Bentley, you know, who over, over time, I think, could really move up to a Rolls-Royce status because I think he's got the lot. Mm. No, 100%. Um, it is very important to keep hydrated, Tebo. Come on. You know, in this heat, we've got to be keeping hydrated. And thanks for noticing that I'm looking after myself, or at least trying to. Um, top man, thank you very much for coming in and, and watching us, mate. Um, Kev, I've got to ask you two positions that at the moment there seems to be ridiculous amount of injuries in. <laughs> two of our yeah. better players, in my opinion, last season were Tommy Asu and Kieran Tierney. And it seems that we haven't seen much of a beginning pre-season. I want to ask you two questions. I want to firstly ask how worried you are about that because it seems that they're two injury-prone players. And secondly to that, I want to ask if you still feel there's some work for us to do in the transfer window to fill those positions. Filling those positions, I don't think um, is going to happen anymore. I think Zinchenko coming in, who, by the way, <laughs> he looked like he'd been at Arsenal for five years last Good signing. He, he good, was good signing. And he's a, te technically... He's, he's, he's excellent. He didn't look out of place at all. And um, his use of the ball and, and the way he, 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 he plays forward and inverted, you could just see he's, he's just so comfortable in that system. I, I can't see... I know T Kieran Tierney has struggled with injuries. Zinchenko's been brought in to, to cover that position and cover midfield if need be. So I think the flexibility of that is, is fine. I think on the right, Tomiyasu. I thought Tomiyasu had a really good season. Then up near the end, obviously, he broke down. And he's never been the same since, Dan. He's never, you know, he's never been the same since. He kind of came back and maybe came back a little bit too early, if, if I'm honest, Dan. Mm. And, and, and he's not really featured. I think the fact that Ben White can play there and the fact that Cedric can play there. And look, Cedric's not everybody's cup of tea, but you know what? He can do a job until maybe we get Tommy Arsenal backfiring. 
I think we've got enough cover there. Uh, for me, I think the midfield is still the key position. Mm. That mm. midfield and maybe a, a winger. But if you had to pick a winger or a midfielder, go for the midfielder. Yeah, listen, I think the midfield still needs surgery. I think it does. Um, I actually think Zinchenko is a very clever bit of business. The versatility, the leadership qualities, the mentality, the fact that he's captain for his country. And I think he looks not just okay in those positions. I think he looks really good. Technically gifted, workhorse, complete, like runs around, but not like headless chicken. You know, he's actually quite good with it. He gets it, the intensity. He's controlled with it, isn't he? Absolutely, he's controlled with it. And if you're asking me now who's going to be left back over Tierney, Tavares or Zinchenko, then Tavares is going back out on loan for me, mate. It's <laughs> simple. So I look at that position and think, yeah, we're stronger there now. We definitely got the opportunity to play him in the left eight, in my opinion, because I think that's what he does for the country and looks good there. So I think it's a really, really good bit of business. But I want to bring a comment in because me and judges argue about this all the time, right? And I want to get your point of view. So Jack Burgess, big up yourself. Thanks for the comment, mate. He says, lads, do you think we should sell Kieran Tierney now? Personally, I've had enough of the guy's constant injuries and I'd cash in. It's gone too far now, in my opinion. Now, let me talk to you about my opinion on this, Kev, because me and Lee disagree. I would keep Kieran Tierney because I think he epitomises everything that Arsenal should be in terms of his leadership and his mentality. I love his winning attitude. And I think he's so pivotal to how we have been playing of late, particularly down that left-hand side. And when he's out, I think we look terrible down that left-hand side without him. So for me... He stays all day long. Lee is a little bit more with Jack and says, I've had enough. I need to see him gone. I can't have a player who's always injured. So I want to get your opinions on where you stand on that, mate. Yeah, I think, I think Kieran Tierney, you've got to allow him to get fit. He's our best left back. Yep. Um, he's the marauder. He's the, he was the, the so-called next one up to be captain. Let's be honest. Everyone was, you know, shouting for him to be captain. Um, so I think you've got to allow you've got to allow him to get fit. Once you allow him to get fit and he gets back playing, if he can get back in the team, Dan. And then mm. that's the issue. Mm. We saw Tavares come in early last season and, and look and look wonderful. And then Kieran mm. Tierney got back in the team and had a good stretch. But you know, unfortunately, he can't stay, he can't stay fit. Mm. But that's going to be the problem. If then he, he goes on and it, it continues. I understand maybe then you have to look at, you know, we, we're going to have to move this guy on. But I think Nikola Arteta will give him minimum one one season to, to prove his worth. Because you know what? If, if Kieran Tierney could keep himself fit, we've got no problems at fullback. 100. 100%. Like, listen, he's my favourite player. And I always say he is because I just love... The old school mentality. I love that attitude. I just think that he is everything that I want to see at Arsenal and as my captain. Now, it looks like it's going to be Martin Odegaard from what we hear. But for me, Kieran Tierney was taking that armband ahead of Martin Odegaard last season. So that's why I think that it would be if he stays fit, Kieran Tierney. But unfortunately, you can't rely on him over the last couple of years. Now, I want to give him that, that season to keep fit. Now, I understand what Lee and obviously Jack's saying because it has been frustrating. Even last season with one game a week, he was getting injured. So what's it going to be like when we're in Europe again? So I get the frustration. I get the anticipation. And I think they're right. If it happens every season and he's playing 10 games, then of course, we're going to have to look to do something else. Mm. But I do think he deserves enough kind of respect, so to speak, to allow the quality to shine through. And I think when he has played, he's always been a very good player for us. He's never had a stinker. He's never really been unreliable. He's never given the ball away or created problems for me. He's always been disciplined enough and less rash than somebody like Nuno Tavares, who's still learning. And I think what we get with Kieran Tierney is not just our most decorated player, believe it or not, obviously now it's Jesus and Zinchenko, but that is, I know it's only Celtic and people start laughing, but actually what that's done is installed a winning mentality, winning mentality into Kieran Tierney. Yeah. Tierney. Yeah. And I love that. So that's why I would keep Kieran Tierney 100%. Where I slightly disagree with you is, right back, I love Tommy Asu. He's actually one of my favourite players. Mm. I think he's been a quality signing. And the reason I love him is because I was like, who? 
when we signed him and he came in and was class. And I love players like that. I love it. And we had it throughout the Wenger years. With, who the hell was he? Who the hell was Lejunsberg and Piers and who the hell? Do you know what I mean? I'm saying all these yeah. names wrong. I remember it. Who's Henry? <laughs> you yeah. know, and then they're all yeah. class. So when I look at players like that, Tommy Yasu, I'm like, who the hell is he? I thought he was quality, right? But I don't have the faith. If he was to have an ACL, let's say, for six months, I don't have the faith in Cedric for that long. He's okay to come in for a couple of games here and there, but I don't feel like I see enough discipline in terms of his positioning to have enough faith in him. And he showed that at Newcastle and Spurs towards the latter part of the season and in some of the other games when he's come in. Now, I don't know how good Norton Cuffey is. A lot of people saying he's a monster, he's wicked. So it might be that Arteta gives him a chance and we get to see him. But I just feel like there's a position there for somebody to come in and be a little bit different to a Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu's just disciplined a right back. It may be that there's a... We're not going to get him, but a Tariq Lamptey type that's one of your bombing forward type um, right backs that has the discipline to be able to defend. That's my honest opinion is perhaps we're short there if Tommy was to get injured. Now, a lot of people are saying Ben White can play there. He can, but I don't like that because I think what we're doing is we're potentially using somebody from another position to fill another position. So I would rather just go and buy a backup right back, if I'm honest. Yeah, but you see, Dad, if you, if you look at the players... That Mikel Arteta has signed, they all seem to be flexible. They're all because Tommy Arsenal can play versatility. Right can you play, mean? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're flexible. They they can play multiple positions. Ben White can play right back. He can play right of a three. He can play centre. Great. Gabriel can play, uh, you know, of a three. Left centre half, left left of a three. Saliba mm. can play right centre half, right of a three. So. There, there's some versatility there, and if you need be, you've got to mix and match. Look, let's let, let let's have it right here, Dad. Nobody was questioning. I saw at Manchester City, what's his name? What's the centre half? The big centre half, the French lad, Laporte. Laporte playing fullback. Nobody, yeah. qu nobody questioned. Who said Pep's crazy? No, but you do what you have yeah, to to point. get you through until. Your, your, your main boys are, are fit again, so they come back in. Sometimes that's what you have to do. And you know what? Mm. If you go out and you buy a right back, he's just the right back. Mm. You know? So I think you need a squad that's flexible and uh, enough to be able to see you through. Mm. Listen, I think you've summed that up really well, to be fair. And I think you've explained that you justified why you, why you feel that way. I do fear that if Tommy gets a long-term injury, that we might not be able to rely on Cedric. And it might be that we can rely on Ben White. I don't know. I saw him play there, thought he was okay. Didn't think it was like, wow, you know, I, I haven't realised Tommy Asu's gone. Um, so I just felt like there's potentially something happening. And let me be but, honest with you, I don't think we're going to sign a right back. <laughs> Dan, let me be honest. But Dan, do you know something? If Ben White plays there and it's okay, I'll take that. Mm. Because, you know, it's not poor. If it's mm. okay and we could live with it, we, we, we could win games. Because mm. now that's what it's all about for us now, Dan. Can mm. we get over the line and win games? We, we have to win this season. And 13 defeats last season, we, we have to cut that. Can't have that anymore. We've got about single-digit losses. If we're serious. Yeah, 100. 100%, man. We can't be going over double figures, man. That was just nuts. But listen, um, still some work to do. I'm going to read out a couple of Super Chats and leave a couple of your Super Chats for later because they're going to start other segues into some of this. Uh, Gonna Roller, though. Big up yourself. He's, he's with you, Kev. Um, was at the game last night and he can tell you watching Saliba live is magical. A pure Rolls Royce of a defender. There we go, mate. Um, and also... <laughs> also, we've got E. Ross as well. He's saying, Kevin Campbell, how sharp is the machete? Big up. <laughs> yeah. E. Ross, it's, listen, it's like, it's like a samurai right now. But you know what? It's in the sheath at the moment because I don't need it at the moment. Arsenal are doing the business. So, mm. yeah, the machete is very sharp. <laughs> 100%, man. 100%. Uh, listen, uh, I'm going to read out one from Che Tanya. Chaitanya, big up yourself, man. Always super chats, always listening. Top, top man, Chaitanya. He says, Kev, Arsenal squad looked fit. Saliba needs to start to help us from Haaland's type of threat. But Zinchenko is great. But we do need cover for Thomas Party ASAP. 
Cheers. Now, this leads me on nicely, Casey, to where else we might be short. And trust me, we're going to talk about the, the where we feel that we, we still need in a bit. But this one for me is massive. So we are very congested at the moment in midfield, right? We've got Chaka, we've got El Nini, we've got Lokonga, we've still got Torreira, Maitland-Niles, obviously Thomas Partey, and then your Erdogan's and Vieira's that are more attacking. But I still feel there needs some serious surgery in this midfield. And a lot of people are talking about Tielemans, which I would love, by the way, I know you would. Yeah. But that's more of a left eight. If Partey comes out, we've got Lokonga or El Nini. Now, last season proved that they could do a job, but it weren't really like a like-for-like like Thomas Party. Now, I understand we're not going to go and spend 60 million on every single position, but my point is, is there going to be a big enough drop-off there if Party, another injury-prone player, was to miss out for a long period of time? Or do you have faith that Sambi Lokonga, who, to be fair, has been doing an all right in pre-season from what I can see, uh, and El Nini has got enough cover there for you? Uh, I think... Lokonga's not, not the holding midfielder player that we need right now. He may develop into that, but I think he's better further forward. Um, definitely better further forward because he can stretch his legs. Scored a good goal last night. You know, it, it, he's better going forward right now because that discipline, I don't think he quite has yet. Um, I think how we get around this if, if Party got injured is... El Nenny's the, the one who could who could do the sitting job. But the, the difference, Dan, is we need the quality ahead of him. Because El Nenny could get hold of the ball and pass it. That's one thing he can do. He's not he's not a Thomas Party, but he can keep the ball ticking over. Our problem has been when Party's not there, we don't have enough incisive players in front of of, of Party or El or El Nene at the time, who could hurt the opposition. I really think this is the key for our midfield. Hence why we buy Vieira. Hence why we're looking at Paqueta, Tielemans. You know, we need players ahead of these guys who, fair enough, could get a short pass and could make something happen. Could score a goal. Could, could create a pass, pick a pass for uh, Jesus, uh, Saka, Martinelli, or whoever. In Ketia, who in Ketia's look really sharp, by the way, I've got to say that. Look, mm. look, these players at the top end of the pitch, we need to score goals, Dan, and we mm. need to be we need to be a threat. Now, if we don't, if we have party there, but we don't have the threat, the goal threat, we're we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna move forward. We need to mm. be able to have that threat and make party's job a bit easier. Mm. Yeah, 100. And I think people sometimes forget how good Thomas Party is, by the way. I have to say that, first of all. And last season, I hear people, and Judges was one of them, oh, I don't know about him, he's always injured. And I said, listen, you're right, he always is injured, right? But well, he was last season. But we are so much better when he's in our in our midfield, mate. Because in that anchor role, which, let's be honest, he didn't actually play until we switched things around a bit. I thought he was outstanding. And the reason I thought he was outstanding with the way we played was because Erdegaard played so much better alongside that because yeah. he was then allowed to do a little bit more freedom and be instrumental in midfield and then allow us some creativity. So when I look at Thomas Partey in that role, I think it's massively important. My issue, and it is an issue, is is El Nini that guy? Is Lokonga that guy? I'm not so sure we found them yet. And I just, I can't get it out of my head and everyone says move on from it, but I do, and I will, I will move on from it. But this Basuma thing hurt me, mate. I'm not going to lie. It hurt me because it's a player that I found would have been perfect for what we needed. I think he's everything that I want in that Arsenal midfield with that nasty bit of bite. I think he's Premier League proven. And unfortunately, he's gone to that lot up the road. And I think he's going to improve their midfield. And I think he would have improved ours. So somebody like that would have been perfect for me, KC, for £25 million. But it's not going to happen. We have to move on from it. But so, then, let me ask you on. this. Let me ask you this. I think the, the, the question, listen, Basuma, I like Basuma. I thought Basuma was coming to Arsenal, if I'm honest with you. Mm. What Arsenal were looking to do, Dan, they ain't looking to have two DMs. They're not looking to have two DMs. They're looking mm. to have one DM and to have the rest be able to go and create. 
So if you're having one DM, Basuma is not as good as Thomas Party. So mm. what do you, what do you do? Do you put Basuma on the bench? Mm. Type of thing. So mm. you know you've got to pick your poison, and that's why I, I suppose they looked at. Do you know what? We're going to let this one go because we we need to win games more, and if we've got the players there to win games. I think it takes a lot more pressure off Thomas Partey or Anil Nenny. I still think we might do a little bit of business, Dan, because, <laughs> you know, that, that Arta at, at Juventus keeps getting mm. mentioned as well. You know, he's not Thomas Partey, but you know what? He can play. He can sit and play and pass people to death. And it doesn't have to be a big imposing player who sits there. It's just a player who's disciplined enough to be able to to play that position. So, mm. you know, we we might do some business, but I I think Tielemans will happen. Mm. But there is a lot of deadwood we have to get at. Yeah, and I think Tielemans has to happen. I really do like this guy. I just think he's Premier League proven. I remember when we did our show at the Hippodrome, me and you both said that's the guy that we'd love and he would be an exciting midfielder for us. I think what he does, and I give him a lot of credit for this, and I've said this a couple of times now, I don't think people appreciate how good he is defensively as well. A lot of people see Tiedemans as a little bit like Madison and he's always in and around the box. He's not. He's just not. He's he more of an eight. He's he recovers the ball. Very well. It. Yes, he does. But again, you know, people will only look at sometimes, as you, you made a, a good comment earlier on, sometimes you will look at the good, sometimes people look at the bad. It just depends which 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 way you're looking. Mm. I, I try to, to, to be to look at both sides because football is about being with the ball and without the ball, Dan. Mm. And I think Tielemans is underrated without the ball. Yes, you I cannot, agree. You cannot be in that Leicester side and they've been so consistent over the years without being a two-way player. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think... I think he would thrive at Arsenal. I really do. I do. I, I really do like him. And, you know, the, 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 people said to me, if you've been watching Tielemans like you did, because I did last season, I watched Tielemans and Madison a lot because I wanted Madison and Tielemans I, I, I want as well, obviously, at Arsenal. And I really like the defensive side of his game a lot more than I ever give him credit for because I started to watch it because that was the only thing I questioned. Yeah. And the other thing I questioned was how fit he is. And, yeah, around 70 minutes he might start blowing because he works so bloody damn hard. And um, Brendan Rodgers demands a lot of intensity as well, as you know. So I think it would suit Arsenal down to the ground. I really do. And, and with the five subs this season, we are going to need strength in depth. But I want to just quickly touch, before we move on to the, the strike force, Lokonga, just quickly, right? I feel sorry for this kid last season, Kev. He's 21 or whatever he was at the time. I think he's coming on to 23 now. But he's 21, really, really young, young player. Very good for his club and country at the time. Very highly rated by people like Thierry Henry, Vincent Company, saying they just look, he looks great, right? Now, I felt sorry for him because I felt at the times that last season, he was thrown a little bit in the deep end, surrounded by nobody. Now, I don't mind being thrown in the deep end if you're going to be surrounded by your, your role models and the leaders in your team. The main men. The main men. The yeah. main men. I didn't see that with Sambi Lokonga. I saw him play against Nottingham Forest next to Charlie Patino. I saw him play against Brighton on his own in midfield with Granite Chaka at left back. I saw him play against Southampton, bossing the midfield on his own at times. And I questioned why that was. Now, there must be, I don't watch training, but there must be something in Mikel Arteta's mind that believed he could do it because his mentality must have been good enough for it. But it didn't show on the pitch. It showed that he weren't ready for some people. Now I'm starting to see from pre-season that he looks to be playing more in a left eight. So maybe Mikel Arteta has realised he's not a holding midfield More advanced, yeah. yeah. He's more advanced. Now I like his passing. I think his passing is always forward. And we know from Granite, uh, Granite Chaka and Elneny in the last six years, it's sideways and backwards most of the time. So that's what I do like about his game is he's progressive. So I think there could be more of a left eight position for Lokonga. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you, Dan. I, I just think... Lokonga as a holding player probably isn't the right move for him at the moment. Maybe he can play that. He could play that uh, in Belgium, but in the Premier League, there's a lot of work to do to be to be recognised as a top one. And we've got one of the top ones in the world in Thomas Partey who could do it. So 
Anything after him is a is a, is a drop down. I like him as an eight. I think he's I think he's a better player going forward than than mm. just sitting in that midfield. Yeah, we we didn't have the numbers. I think Dan why he got kind of put in there on his own at Agreed. times, and you know we just didn't have the numbers. And and that was a criticism. Look, Edwin Mikel took took that criticism last season. You know we should have bought in January and all that kind of thing. We didn't, and it ended up biting us on the ass at the end. But now, here we are. We've had a good preseason. You know, these guys, I think Lukonga's shining, scored a good goal as well. I think he scored a couple in preseason, playing a bit further forward. We need a couple more in that midfield, Dan, and then I'll be really happy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, listen, it, I, I, I really would too. And I, I feel like if we were to... Our oh, party's injured, doesn't matter, we've got so-and-so coming in. Our oh, Erdogan's got a knock, doesn't matter, we've got Vieira coming in, or Smith-Rowe. Um, Chaka, you know, is there if he needs to be there in a squad player, if he wants to stay as a squad player, he comes in if Tielemans, hopefully, is, he gets a knock. I think that would then be serious surgery on midfield to go, do you know what, at centre-back and in midfield, we now have spines that actually have depth. And we haven't had that for, I can't remember how long, mate. Probably the hybrid days, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. That's how long ago we're talking. Well the, well, the invincible side, that was the last side where you could really say... They had the consistency, they had the spine, they had the players, they had the personnel. Mm -hmm. Because, do you know what, Dan? There's times you've got players who are not going to be playing. And then there's, there's so many games we can't afford to switch off because it's a cup game. We put a second string out. The second string has to be as strong as the first. <laughs> yeah. and, we've, and we've seen it in some of the preseason games where... The all the second string are nowhere near as strong as the first, and that's what has to be addressed. That's why we need a few more bodies. Mm. Yeah, I, I believe you're absolutely right. Let's move forward. Um, we'll get on to the Gabby Jesus thing in a minute because I mean we have to. But a lot of people are linking us with um, Gakpo, Cody Gakpo from uh, from Holland, and Firenode. there's Leroy. PSV. Uh, is he PSV. Firenode? PSV. 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 Yeah, and Leroy Sane. Now, I don't see Sane happening. I just don't. I would love him. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't see it happening. Um, but the Gakpo one, apparently this today has started to pick up a little bit of interest. I don't know how many sources are reliable. I don't like do it. any of that stuff. Like I it. like the player. And I feel like it would probably be more of a realistic signing than Sane. I think Sane's class, Kev, I do. And I know from what we hear, he was really happy under Mikel Arteta at Man City and liked him, blah, blah, blah. So that would be another option for us. But I just feel that if he's coming to Arsenal, he's going to be asking for near to 250, 300k a week. He might be a player that might take us forward. But of course, there's injury problems there from what people are saying. He's been injured quite a lot at City and at, Man and at Bayern Munich. So this Gakpo one is one that's that's moving over the last couple of days. Do you think that's a position that we do need to strengthen? Because obviously we've got Saka's Martinelli, Smith-Rose there. Marquinhos has just been brought in. We've still got Pepe, who we believe something will happen with this summer. But we've not short, short. But I do kind of agree that it might be something that's needed. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that, mate. Uh, listen, I think Gakpo's a quality player, quality young player. Um who can score goals, who can create as well. And he's quick, he's got size, and could play anywhere across the front. You could even put him as a, as a number nine. And you could put Jesus on the left if you wanted to, to, to be flexible. Mix it up. Yeah, if you wanted to mix it up and be flexible. I think we, as a, as a, as a football club, we need to have as strong a bench as we can have. Everybody can't play then. Smith-Rowe will probably be on the bench, but he proved it last season that he could come off the bench and score, make a difference. That's really important. Times where he's going to get his game time. Because realistically, Dan, we have to go for every competition. Mm. We're investing that much money. We can't afford to, you know, take days off or, you know, your Charlie Patinos and all the youngsters putting them in. We, we can't afford that anymore. We've got to be on, in win mode now. Hence mm. why... You know, Eros was talking about the machetes, it's sharp, you know, because we, we we can't afford to mess about. You know, there's going to be some chops going on. If you're not performing, you're getting chopped, somebody else has to come in. But the five subs make a huge difference, Dan. And Gakpo, 
Sane, I thought Sane at, at City was devastating at times. Maybe not the same player because of certain injuries. Still at Bayern Munich, which is a massive and great club. But I, I like Gakpo. I think somebody new, somebody who fits that youth profile, who's got first-team experience, and he'll be another one who people don't know. He's, he's a surprise package. So I think I yeah. like that one. And it won't be as nowhere near as much as, as, as Chunky, um, cost-wise, <laughs> Asane. Yeah, I, I agree with that, 100%. And I feel like I've seen enough of um, Sane to know be class. And of course, it's the more riskier one with Gakpo because you don't know what he's going to be like over here. And Dutch players have, to be fair, struggled. Not all of them, but there's been some from the Dutch league that have come over and haven't been quite as good. But having said that, I do hear only good things about his kids. So it would be a signing that I'd be really interested in seeing. Let's talk about the main man of pre-season, mate. Um, and he has been the main man for me, um, Gabriel Jesus. Um, he came into the mix and straight away, mate, I saw a breath of fresh air because we're used to Lacazette of the last couple of years, who's a completely different player. Now, I don't want to start dissing Lacazette, actually. A lot of players, I'm sorry, a lot of fans, I think, have done. And I think Lacazette is a completely different player, and I think he's someone who did give 110% for Arsenal, but he just needed to move on. It was simple as that for me. And I think because he has now, we're now seeing Jesus, which now makes Lacazette look even worse, because <laughs> his player... Has been quality, mate. I know it's only pre-season. We're not hyping it all up. We're not saying we're going to win the league. But actually, the reason that we should be excited about Gabriel Jesus is because he's shown straight away what he can do. And for me, Kev, what I like about him is not just the fact that he's got sheer quality, but he looks good up there. And that's so important to me moving forward. So this one must excite you being an ex-Arsenal striker as well, mate. Listen, Dan, we talk about... We talked about for the last couple of seasons, Aubameyang done okay at times, Lacazette done okay at times, but we really needed one player to do everything because, you know, we only have one number nine really at the top end of the pitch and we tend to play with two wide. Lacazette, for a good stretch last season, was linking the play up so well but didn't have the energy or the speed to then get into the box and really make a difference. Now we're seeing Jesus has got all of that mm. and more. And we're, we're seeing him put that together. Jesus is making players around him better just by being there. And Greedy Man, you're right. The instincts he has in and around the box, he's he, he drops a shoulder and leaves players for dead, Dan. You know... Mm. The finish last night, Clay, as Clay says, it was it was class. That Dink, you know, brilliant goalkeeper, but Dink just dinked it over him, set us on our way. He's a difference maker, Dan, and he's proving mm. he's a difference maker. He's left City. He wanted to come to Arsenal, and look at the teams that wanted him. All Champions League teams wanted him, but he wanted to come to Arsenal. He wanted to be number nine at Arsenal, and I believe he's going to be our difference maker this season because I believe he will score 15 to 20 goals, which is what we missed in a striker last season. We did badly, mate. We did badly. And I remember having a conversation with you near the end of this season, we were, uh, last season, sorry, and we were talking about top four. And I remember us both agreeing, saying, we need goals by committee here and we're going to need the, the centre forward, if he can't score, to be getting involved and in the mix. And I think what we've got with Gabriel Jesus from what I can see is what Lacazette does, because he can link up play, he can hold up the ball, he's a lot stronger than people yeah. that he looks as Give well. Give him credit for, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I think we are going to get more goals by committee because of him, but also we're going to get goals because of him, because this guy looks to me as if he can do a little bit of everything. And the last thing I'll say on this, and this is why I like this signing straight away, this is why I liked this signing. I feel we need, we need, it was obvious we needed a striker, right? Or we needed two in my opinion. But when I look at it, the reason I liked this signing was people said to me, who, do you, who would you like up front? If you could pick two strikers, who would you like? And I went for Tammy Abraham and Gabriel Jesus. And the reason I asked for those two, not just because we see their quality and they're both Premier League proven, but because they're hungry. 
to be proven that actually Man City got rid of me because of Haaland, who's a bloody good player. But I'm going to tell them that actually, I know you got rid of me, but trust me, I can still score goals. Thank you very much. And that's what I like. Tammy Abraham. Do you know what? I'm going to go and prove Chelsea that they should have kept me because I'm better than what they've got at the moment. And I'm going to go and prove it. That's why I like those signings. So Gabriel Jesus for me is one reason that quality, technically good, can score goals, but he's hungry and his mentality is spot on, mate. And we haven't got many leaders and we haven't got much winning mentality within this side, but now we have because Zinchenko and Jesus have come in and that's what I feel we've been lacking for a while. So for me, when people say, oh, you haven't got any winners, you haven't got any leaders, we've actually got two there now. So for me, I think they're fantastic signings and this Gabriel Jesus one is really, really exciting for me. But I've got to ask this, man, because... I know, I think I know what you'd said anyway, because I think I asked you this earlier in the season. I think we need another one, man. And yeah, I'm not going to sit there. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and say we need it because we're not going to get Tammy Abraham. He's too much money, I yeah. believe, anyway. Maybe next summer we could do. But I don't think we're going to get Tammy Abraham because there's obviously the options of him coming in and maybe thinking I don't want to sit behind Jesus or maybe it's going to be too much money and blah, blah, blah. But I do feel that we quite short there if he was to get injured now Eddie I've got to say this and, and I don't I've, I've been harsh on the manager for picking Eddie I haven't really ever been harsh on Eddie because I, I feel Eddie's shown us what he is of late but I see him in pre-season and I know he hasn't been banging him in and he hasn't been going you know goal 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 but you know when you look and respect players for trying and giving their all and I also respect players for improving and I've not seen him improve himself in front of goal he's got a couple I think in pre-season to be fair to him but what I've seen is him signing a new contract and he hasn't sat back and got himself on the ice creams and enjoyed his summer. You can see he's actually been working out massively in the gym because he's bulked up, mate. Mm. He looks a, a hell of a lot stronger, he stronger yeah. right? Hell of a lot stronger. That's the first thing. He's definitely improved on his turn on the ball because when he turned, he's one of, in fact, he's probably one of the only players along as Erdegaard that can comfortably do that, in my opinion. When the ball's coming, he turns on the ball. A little bit like Adam Lallana is always so good at, that type, <clears throat> excuse me, which I think he's definitely improved on. And I'm starting to see him take players on now, which before I just, it wasn't happening for him, was it? Bless him, right? No. So when I look at those three things, I don't think he's going to be a well-beater, don't get me wrong, but I do feel like there could be a place in the squad for Eddie and Ketia, and I'd be okay with that. But I do feel that we miss a little bit more of a different dimension centre-forward, Kev. A little bit like a Tammy. I'm not going to get him, but somebody like that, a target man, someone you can actually hit the ball up to like we did with Olivier Giroud, yeah? And I just wondered your opinion on that and your thoughts on if I'm being harsh. <laughs> I, I like a big man. I, I do. I like having a big man up there. As a as a as a foil, I do. Um, but there's many, many there's more than one way to skin a cat, Dan. And mm. having a player like a, maybe a Gakpo, who's tall, mm. who you could use, maybe pushed on one side, and you could hit him, and then you play from there. Um, I think that, or because he can play as a number nine as well, Gakpo. So yeah. You know, th that might tick the box. Although he's not a recognised striker, he's a forward. He can, play, he can play there. For me, I just think Eddie's, Eddie's confidence is high. Eddie got his contract. You can see he, he's got a connection with Jesus. Mm. I think he's got a connection. I think they get on, they're calling each other. You're seeing, you're seeing, <laughs> a, a, you know, you're seeing a little bit of camaraderie coming through from, from the dressing room. I love that. You know, I want mm. them all to be calling. I want them to be calling all the Gooners. Do you know what I mean, Dan? <laughs> That's what I want because if they're calling the Gooners, we're winning games. We're scoring goals. Yeah, man. That, that's what I want. But I, I, I do, I, big men are hard to find, Dan. Mm. Good big men are hard to find. You mentioned Tammy Abraham. You won't get any change out of 70 mil. For, 100. For, you know, for, 100%. For, for, yeah, for, for Tammy Abraham because, you know, he scored 20-odd goals in, in Serie A. You know, he scored goals at Chelsea. I just think that's going to be an expensive one. I can't see us spending that. Skamaka's gone West Ham, who we got mm. linked with earlier on in the window. Yeah, Maybe, that would be good. You know, that, that could have been a good one. But maybe Gakpo can, again, that flexibility of player who can dovetail, we can play different positions. I think, I think that might be the way to go then. 
Yeah, you might be right. You might be. I mean, listen, from what we hear, we were linked with Rafinha. So that means we've got money to spend in that position somewhere. Now, whether it's going to be wing, forward, I, we know it's going to be somebody. That must be an exciting, exciting prospect for us to know that we're going to get somebody in like that. But this Gabriel Jesus thing, just lastly for me, I don't look at it like a Thierry Henry signing. I don't look at it like a Dennis Bergkamp signing. I look at it more like an Alexis Sanchez signing, who was already in a good side but wasn't quite getting the chance to show it. And I feel like at the right age of 25, which was exactly the same age we signed Alexis Sanchez at, we might actually see something quite special from him. And I believe 15 Premier League goals is a realistic expectation of Gabriel Jesus because for me he scored 14 at Man City once and I think he got 13 in another most of the other times it was between six and eight goals because he wasn't the number nine every week he had Aguero in front of him or whoever it was in front of him at the time right so I feel that's realistic I hear people saying 35 Premier League goals are just let's just can't, I don't know anyone who scores 35 goals in the Premier League <laughs> unless they're like you know Thierry Henry Ronaldo did once when yeah. he was young didn't he? Uh, something like that he got it is unbelievable crazy it's mad it is but, man um, but 15 15 to 20 I think is fair 15 is fair yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I do. I, I really do. Because we have to be realistic. We've got to manage this expectation. Which leads me on to our last super chat from a good friend of ours, Mr. Waffle. He's always listening in. How you doing, mate? I hope you're well, Mr. Waffle. He says, evening, Dan and Kev. Um, are the fans overreacting with the result yesterday? I'm hearing two more players and we can compete with Man City and Liverpool. What's your thoughts on that comment, mate? Uh, I don't think fans are overreacting. I, I think fans are fans are happy considering you played Chelsea and this was the prove-it game, wasn't it? All right, here mm -hmm. we go. We go up against Chelsea. Let's see how you do then. Well, do you know what? We've come through that with flying colours, scored four goals and got a clean sheet. Yeah, it is pre-season, but you've got to be happy with what happened, you know, last night. You've got to be ha happy. Two more players and, 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 and they're to compete. Well, listen, we're, we're, we're out to compete anyway. We are not City. We are not Liverpool. Because we haven't, we haven't done it yet. The only way you become a City and Liverpool is to do it. Can they do it, Dan? We're going to be a mm. lot stronger than we were last season. That's for sure. And we just missed out on fourth. So this is what we've got to look at. We've got to look at if we add another couple players... And we fattened that squad up with, with, with two quality players. Then we're in a better position than we were, we've ever been in for a, for a, a number of years. So, you know, then it's, let's see how the season pans out. Because there's mm. a, at the start, the Crystal Palace game is the first one. That first game on that Friday night is going to tell us a lot about this Arsenal side. For, mm. Forget what's happened in pre-season. That's the biggest tell after what they did to us last season yeah 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 100 I mean oh, I was at, I was there mate <laughs> and it was painful, painful. Yeah. it was it was it was painful mate and um, let's hope we don't get it like that um, listen gonna wrap this up now with one more for you KC now we are talking quite positively about this summer being quite a good one right and we're still linked with players there's still a way to go I know the season starts in a couple of weeks we're still not going to be ready in my opinion in terms of our business being done in time for that but I still feel that we've, we might be a, maybe at least a player away from that and we might have a good enough first 11 to go into that but I think he's getting backed again it seems to be anyway from the Cronkies so you know where I stand on the ownership and this season, I'm, I'm laying off Mikel Arteta. He's shown me what he is. So this ownership need to tell me what they're going to do if things don't go quite right. Yeah? Hopefully they won't. They'll go great. <laughs> Hopefully they don't, we won't need for this. And it will be brilliant. It will click and we'll go fire. But what are we looking at in terms of our expectations? Or what are you looking at in terms of your expectations this season? Because I want to tell you, tell you where I'm at, right? Because this is honestly where I'm at. Win the Europa League and go for third place because they're best of the rest. That's what I think our expectations should be. And I feel because we are in all competitions, we should be going into the deep stages of the domestic cups as well, not dumping out to Forest again or dumping out to Fulham's and Bournemouth's yeah. or below us. Now, I understand you can lose a game of football. I am get that. I'm not naive enough to not know that. But my point is this. If we get into the semi-finals of the cups and we lose to Man City or to Liverpool or even to United or Chelsea, I could accept it. I'd be pissed off. Of course I would. But I'd say, do you know what? On their day, they can be anyone, those teams. 
I won't accept us getting dumped out in the third or, or fourth round of those cups against teams below us. I just won't do that, in, especially in lower leagues, right? So I feel like we should be going as high as we can in those competitions. We need to be aiming to win the Europa League because I think we're one of the best teams, if not the best team in it. And I think we should be aiming as high as we can in that league. Now, I accept we're not going to be competing with Liverpool and City for the title. I get that. But I do believe that we can compete with the likes of Chelsea, United and Tottenham for that third place. That's my expectation. People will say it's higher yet. I demand the best every year I do. So I wanted to get your realistic opinion on where you think we should be aiming for this coming season, mate. Well, look, we, we've got to be thinking of finishing as high as we can in the league. So qualifying for the, for the Champions League. Look, there were times at the back end of last season, Dan, we were what, three points behind Chelsea in yep. third. Yep. And this is, with a, this is with a young side that just got put together after, after, after three games. We had no points. Yep. So now, now, we're getting, now we're getting certain players back in and we're, we're signing better players, etc. We've got to be thinking of third. Third, third's got to be a realistic target. Listen, if we, if we go for third and we get fourth, <laughs> nobody's going to complain. But mm. definitely, Dan, this is what I will say, silverware. Yeah, yeah. We need silverware. Europa League has to be a priority, of course, because that gets you, not only does it put silverware in, in your cabinet, it gets you back into the Champions League anyway. 100. We want to start being as consistent uh, as we can be. So finishing as high up in the league is a priority, Dan. But you know what? These domestic cups... I don't want them as throwaways. No, I want same. to win them. I want to win them. I want to be challenging, as you said, late, really late in the in the in the in the quarterfinal, semi-final, final. I want to be. I want to be winning these cups. So we need that squad, Dan. If we got that yeah. squad and the squad strong enough, I think we can challenge mm. because that because our confidence will be will be high. Yeah, and I think it's fair enough because what I love what you said there as well is the domestic cups because a lot of the time I do feel like we celebrate like crazy when we win one. And let's be honest, I've been fortunate enough to see a hell of a lot of silverware at Arsenal, right? Yeah. I've only been alive to see 16 trophies and 14 of them I witnessed, right, at Arsenal. Right. So I know trophies don't mean, oh, yeah, we won a trophy. Trophies are what we want to be winning. So I don't like it when we say, oh, it was only an FA Cup or... Oh, it's only the League Cup we went out of. It doesn't matter. It's only the League Cup, especially last season when it was all we could win because <laughs> we weren't in Europe. Yeah. So I want to be seeing us going for these trophies. I'm with you 100% there, mate. But what I will say is this. I've always been a winner trophy. I've always said win a trophy over getting fourth place. I've always said win a Europa League over just getting into the top four yeah. or your Europa League winning, whatever it be win the Europa League other than get sixth place. Whatever it be, yeah, I've always said win the trophy, go for the trophy. Now, I understand that when we weren't in Europe, uh, sorry, when we weren't in the Champions League, that I probably would have sacrificed an FA Cup to get into the Champions League because of the position of where we were, but I never would have ever said that previously. I would have always said go for the trophy, right? So that's my honest opinion. Now, I believe there's a lot of people that are saying, and there's one super chat here actually, saying that Tottenham are, have a better team. Listen, Chelsea probably have a better team. Man United might have a better team on paper, some might say. But the way I see it is this. We actually are building a bit of a squad here. And I've always remained and said that off the field, what Edu and Arteta have done at times, I've really liked. I think they've got some of the signings wrong. I think everyone could admit that. But there's a lot that they've got right. But I need to sit on the pitch now, KC. I can't yeah. have any more excuses. So for me, that's what has to be, man. Silverware in the Europa League and qualification for the Champions League, mate, for next for the season following. Dan, here's the funny thing. Does top four make you a winner? <laughs> I love this question. Right? I love this does, question. Does no, you're top spot on. four make you a winner? It doesn't. Spot, you're spot on, mate. It qualifies, on. You, it qualifies you for the Champions League, but you win nothing. Yeah, 100%. For us to be winners, we need silverware. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you what happens when when you win something. It's a mindset. It takes a mindset to win, and that is the next stage for this Arsenal side. They've got to be winners, because yes, yeah, Spurs. You can say Spurs have got uh, uh, you know with Kane and Son they've been unbelievable. But what have they won? 
They've qualified mm-hmm. for the Champions League, but they're not classed as winners, Dan. 100%, mate. 100%. We want, we want winners. And winning trophies is what the Arsenal are about. And that's what this Mikel Arteta side has to do this season. We need silverware. Because you know what? You're not going to start the season when you take that team picture. Hmm. I don't see a top four trophy floating about in front of you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you, yeah, if, even if you've won a, even if you've won a league cup, at least that's in front of you to show the spoils of of the 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 sweat that you've put in and hard work. So I want to be a winner. I've been there. I know what it feels like. I've seen great teams. You've seen fourteen trophy wins. We're Arsenal. We want to win. Listen, mate, I think it's the best way to finish the stream. Mate, this has been a pleasure with you, Kev. Absolutely love talking to you, man. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. I know you always support our channel and support the shows. And um, it's been great having you on. I know the chat absolutely love uh, listening to you, mate. And so do I. So thank you for coming on, mate. Listen, absolute pleasure, Dan. And uh, I look forward to coming back on very soon, mate. Absolutely. Listen, there's still over 2,400 of you watching live. Unbelievable numbers. Smash the like button for us, please. We need 1,200 likes, peeps. Come on. There we go. Salute you and hit the like. 1,200. <laughs> Listen, we're giving up our time on a Sunday. 1,200 likes should be easy. Um, listen, I've backed it up 100%. We're only asking for off, so that's all good. Listen, as ever, we appreciate you all. Thank you so much for your comments, interaction in the chat. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for listening live. And also, thank you to everyone for listening on the audio. Myself, Kev, and Lee, when he's back from um, America, we'll be back to do more shows for you and keep you up to date with the transfer window, which we hope will be very busy. And, of course, we've got the Emirates Cup next weekend, so we'll be looking forward to that one as well. Until then, big up your damn selves and take care. And as always, up the Arsenal.